There we go. So just a heads up to everyone, this meeting will be recorded. Um, we plan to make it available for folks who couldn't be in attendance with us today. Um, so, all right. I will start out by saying hello, everyone. Welcome. My name is Hannah Ballard, and I am the city's community engagement champion. Um, I want to start by thanking you all for taking time out of your schedules to attend this session today. Uh, we're really excited to uh, hear your feedback on the committee's draft recommendations. Um, I also want to take a moment to extend thanks to the Boards and Commission Structure Committee for all of their work over the last six months to develop these draft recommendations. Uh, the BCSC, also sometimes affectionately called the Committee on Committees, um, is composed entirely of community volunteers who are already serving on other boards and commissions. So we really can't say thank you enough to them for their willingness to make space to serve on a second or in some cases even a third committee. Uh, before I turn it over to Sharon Ashworth, who is the chair of the Boards and Commission Structure Committee, I wanted to quickly run through the agenda for today's meeting, which you should see on your screen. Um, in just a few minutes, I'm going to show a video that introduces the city's strategic plan. Uh, born out of community engagement, the city's strategic plan outlines why we do what we do, what it will take for us to achieve the future we have described, and how we will accomplish our work with commitment. Um, the strategic plan is really central to everything that the city does, and it has certainly guided the work of the Boards and Commission Structure Committee. Uh, after introduction to the strategic plan, I'll turn it over to Sharon, who will provide some background and context for the draft recommendations that will be in front of you very shortly. Um, as soon as uh, the video is done, I'll go ahead and drop some links into the chat so that you can pull up uh, the draft recommendations and the draft policies and procedures. Um, from there, given that we're a pretty, a pretty little intimate group today, We'll probably just go ahead and stay in the main room and Sharon will facilitate a conversation about the draft recommendations. Um, we have some predetermined questions that are more just prompts for the conversation, but really we wanna hear what you think. So we can take the conversation in a lot of different directions. Our goal here is to listen to you, to take in your feedback, to document it and to use it to refine the recommendations of the committee before they move on uh, to the next step. Uh, so once we've had that conversation, um, there'll also be an opportunity for you all to ask just open-ended questions that you have about the recommendations or the next steps. And then uh, towards the end of the meeting, we'll take some time to talk about uh, how you can stay in touch with us and stay plugged into this work as it moves forward. Um, so without further ado then, I will go ahead and pull up the strategic plan video. So Millie uh, stopped sharing, so I will start sharing. Give me one second. Yeah. Oh, hold on just one second. I forgot to hit the um, share sound off of my video, but there it is. Okay, here we go. The City of Lawrence Strategic Plan is about bringing our organization's mission to life, creating a community where all enjoy life and feel at home. In creating this strategic plan, we worked with our community members to identify five outcome areas that would help us accomplish our mission. Everything the city does is encompassed in these five outcomes. Unmistakable identity is the outcome that focuses on everything that makes our community uniquely Lawrence. It includes our arts and diverse culture, as well as our extensive network of parks, trails, and recreation programming. Everything from seasonal flower planting on Massachusetts Street, to pickleball tournaments at the sports pavilion, to the murals local artists have painted on buildings around town, they're all a part of our community's unmistakable identity. Strong, welcoming neighborhoods is our outcome that focuses on making Lawrence a home for all. 
through our work and this outcome, our team is making sure housing is safe, affordable, and accessible for all, and that every neighborhood in Lawrence has access to green spaces and public amenities that help our residents thrive. Through the safe and secure outcome, our organization is working toward making sure the community has access to trusted public safety resources, which includes our police and fire medical departments, as well as other city team members. While these teams are responsible for responding to emergency incidents daily, they also work in prevention, including education on a variety of topics to help our community members live safely. Prosperity and economic security is about fostering an environment where all people and businesses in Lawrence can thrive. We believe our community succeeds with collective prosperity and a vibrant local economy. This means we work on efforts that both make Lawrence a great place to do business and a great place to work. Finally, the fifth outcome is Connected City, which encompasses a number of city functions that are focused on keeping our community running smoothly. This includes maintaining and coordinating our methods of transportation, from keeping streets in tip-top shape to Lawrence Transit routes, and new additions to the Lawrence Loop, as well as being active stewards of our other infrastructure, including water and wastewater facilities, fleets of vehicles, and more. These five outcomes show what we are working toward for our community, and they are met by six commitments to how we will do this work. The six commitments highlight what is most important to our organization as we work to bring our mission for Lawrence to life. They are community engagement, efficient and effective processes, engaged and empowered teams, environmental sustainability, equity and inclusion, and sound fiscal stewardship. By focusing our work on accomplishing the five outcomes while maintaining the commitments that are most important to us, we will make Lawrence into a community where all enjoy life and feel at home. Okay, and then I will go ahead and turn it over to Sharon and Millie can pull back up the slideshow and we'll get Sharon's first slide up. All right. Um, hello and welcome and thank you for participating. My name is Sharon Ashworth. I am the chair of the Boards and Commission Structure Committee, or as we sometimes call it, the Committee on Committees. Uh, so I'm going to be introducing the other members of present and absent today of the committee um, in just a few moments. But I want to take a, a moment and uh, look at this slide here and talk about why um, the, this reimagining of the boards and commission is happening. So first of all, improving the experience of community volunteers. This is something that came straight out of a survey that was sent to all the boards and commissions, the members and to the staff liaisons for these boards and commissions. And it was suggested in that the responses we got from that survey is that not all participants felt that they were truly engaged in the work of the board and commission. And a number of people felt that they really didn't understand the mission of the boards or commission that they were on. And so, so of course the city wants to improve that experience. Um, also, the city would like to have better alignment to the work of the strategic plan. You just watched a video on that. Um, the only way to accomplish the goals of the strategic plan is to have a focus on those, those elements of the strategic plan. And if the boards and commissions uh, structure is not aligned to the strategic plan, that is much more difficult to, to accomplish. 
Uh, also, you can see the cost estimate there on the screen uh, for basically staffing and providing for all the boards and commissions that we have. Now, there are still many boards and commissions that remain intact. We were not considering boards and commissions that are either state mandated or those boards and commissions that might be a joint city county project. Uh, but as it stands, um, there's a lot of cost to that. And so it's not only direct costs of staff time and staff time to prep, staff time to um, staff the, the actual committee meeting, and then of course the follow-up from the meeting. There's also the tech now associated with that with all our hybrid meetings and the staffing to make that tech happen. But I also want to point out the opportunity cost of having this many boards and commissions and not having efficient use of boards and commissions. Uh, all the time that staff uh, is take to prep, staff the meeting and then the follow-up uh, means that in many cases, uh, the staff uh, are not able to accomplish the very things that our boards and commissions want to see happen. There's just only so much time. So there's an opportunity cost um, to having to not having an efficient and well-run uh, sort of universe of boards and commissions. Also, these last two bullet points, addressing confusion and creating common rules. This is another thing that came straight out of that survey that we did. Uh, volunteers and staff want more consistency in the board, board participation uh, and want training and want to focus on a defined mission. So this is something that came directly from the survey. If I could have the next slide, please. Oops. There we are. Um, I'd like to introduce uh, members of the board and committee structure committee, the committee on committees. So attending today, we have John Nell Bandian. John Nell Bandian is currently the chair of Parks and Rec Board. We have Chris Cohart, who is a member of the Sales Tax Audit Committee and the Special Alcohol Funding Advisory Board. We also have Daniel Smith with us, uh, Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission and the Special Alcohol Funding Advisory Board. And unless anybody else joined us, uh, the, the members of the committee that are not with us today are Sherry Ellenbecker, who is an engaged Lawrence resident, Travis Herod, who is currently the vice chair of this committee and on the Board of Zoning Appeals, and Stan Rasmussen, who is currently chair of the Sustainability Advisory Board, and Katie Barnett, who is on the Human Relations Commission. Uh, um, and I, again, I'm Sharon Ashworth, and I'm currently outgoing chair of the Planning Commission. I also want to introduce another person on the line, Millie Pajot, uh, there's, is uh, running the slideshow for us, and she is with the city. So we were charged with uh, developing recommendations to limit the number of boards and commissions to no more than 10. So that was our basic charge, and to actually map those boards and commissions onto the strategic plan. Now you'll see here that recommendations should outline the process of transition from our current uh, setup to a new, uh, a new structure. Uh, we have not discussed that in detail at this point. Um, that is something that is forthcoming. So if you have comments on that tra transition, we certainly welcome that either today or down the line if you wanna comment in writing, uh, please uh, feel free to comment about how this transition might happen. 
So if you could, uh, oh, let me say a little bit. So we're going to be having, once we have this feedback from yesterday's public engagement session and today's public engagement session, the committee will get back together. We'll run through all those recommendations, all the comments that you have and come up with a recommendation. We will then also have a meeting on transition, specifically dedicated to the process of transition before we make a recommendation to the city commission. There will then be another opportunity um, to comment on those recommendations at the city commission. All right, if I could have the next slide, please, Millie. So the draft recommendations, um, those have been dropped into the chat now. So uh, you can see what, and you've probably seen online, uh, what our recommendations are to this point. We have nine proposed boards and we've also recommended a set of policies and procedures uh, to go along with this new structure. This is not a done deal at this point. Um, I personally feel this is not, we haven't nailed this recommendation. So these are draft recommendations. We welcome all the comments because we as a board uh, or a committee that came together, we all are familiar with the our own boards that we serve on or interact with. Um, but we didn't come with extensive knowledge of the operational details of each of the boards and commissions. So. Um, that's why we're doing this. We're hoping to get feedback from whether you're on a border commission now or you interact with a border commission. We would certainly appreciate that feedback so that we can then finalize um, our recommendations. Uh, okay, if we could go on to the next slide. So I just want to highlight um, once again, not only were we rearranging boards and commissions as part of this, uh, we were also trying to reimagine uh, boards and commissions and their activities. And that's where we have these draft policies and procedures. So I just wanna highlight a few of the things you'll, if you haven't read them already, do take some time um, to read those and submit some comments uh, for our future consideration. So uh, you can I see on the bullet points here, boards and commissions will receive direction from the city commission via the strategic plan. Again, trying to map our activities onto the strategic plan. Uh, the city will have a duty to recruit members from groups that have been underrepresented in city government. Uh, members will only serve on two boards and commissions at one time. And there will be, and this is something that came once again, right out of the, the survey, um, is to have an onboarding program for board members. This is really important. We've seen this in a lot of our comments, um, a lot of comments from last night, um, this onboarding program uh, to complete for training so that board members really understand what the mission of the group is. And so for example, the list includes, but it's not limited to uh, the Kansas Open Meetings Act, uh, the city's policies and procedures, the ethics policy, the strategic plan, and diversity and equity and inclusion. Um, so I, 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 I urge you to go ahead and look at those draft policies. They, again, they've been dropped into the chat uh, because this is where we're going to provide some consistency across the advisory boards. And we also hope that it'll open up opportunities for sort of cross-pollination of ideas that are coming from uh, our boards and commissions. A word about committee engagement. Um, oh, actually, if I can have the next slide, please. So themes from the questionnaire. So this is the questionnaire that went out to the public um, for feedback on uh, the proposal. So uh, 
this online questionnaire provided some really good, useful feedback, um, and I hope we can delve into some of these issues in our discussion, um, although not limited to these themes. But some of the themes that came from the, the results of this questionnaire is certainly some concern about workload. For, new, for a new structure, for new advisory boards. How many people will sit on these boards? Can they handle the workload? Um, it's, these are all volunteer boards. So do we, is there enough, uh, is there enough uh, people to handle the workload? What is the workload gonna look like? Um, are there going to need to be subject area expertise on these advisory boards? Uh, what does the transition process look like? Again, that's something we, we will be discussing in the very near future. Um, how to incorporate the strategic plan commitments into the new structure. We've mapped advisory boards onto the five outcomes for the strategic plan, but we also have these six commitments. How do we make ensure that those commitments uh, are addressed throughout the advisory boards? And of course, increasing in community engagement opportunities. And a word about that, some of the, the comments on the questionnaire, uh, there were people concerned that um, by reducing the number of advisory boards we have, that that will somehow also reduce public input. Uh, and uh, we'll comment on this in, during the uh, question and answer session and in the our, our, our one breakout session that we'll have uh, is that there are going to be coming up much more opportunities and broader opportunities for community engagement in the city. So it's not just going to be limited to advisory boards. There's going to be multiple opportunities for community engagement in multiple types of city projects and city issues. So um, don't think about it as reducing the number of people um, that will be let's say, so be engaged in commenting with the city. There are gonna be multiple opportunities for community engagement going forward. Uh, so with that, um, if you could go to the next slide, we're with our breakout groups, but we have a very small, I'll check here. We haven't had anybody jump on yet. Um, so I guess what the plan is now is to just sort of have an all around discussion um, you've got the documents in the, the chat, uh, but let's open up um, a conversation with the whole group. Uh, it might be best at this point, if we have the questions in the chat, can we open up the screen to see everybody? And um, what we'll do is I'll go ahead, if you would raise your digital hand, that seems to work really well um, and allow me to call on you to, uh, to make your comment, and then we'll, we'll try to turn this into a discussion as best we can virtually here with members, um, either city city staff or members of the boards and commissions structure committee commenting and responding. So if you have comments and questions, go ahead and raise your digital hand um, and we'll get this started. You can see, ah, uh, yes, Dustin Stumbling Bear, please. Hi, uh, so I came to the meeting last night. I'm glad that at least I'm here today. Uh, so one of the other things I was thinking about after really pouring over this um, after the meeting last night, this morning, I kind of 
was curious why we chose some commitments. Like, I understand why we choose all the outcomes for the uh, realignment. Why did we only choose some of the commitments and not other ones? Um, I'm thinking we're talking a lot about community engagement, but we're saying we don't need a specific group for that, even though I, you know, we talked about this at last night's meeting, the lack of representation of people of color, I being the, you know, native in the room. Uh, so can, 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 can I get an explanation of that? That kind of thought process? Uh, yeah, I can start with that. And then um, please let the rest of the boards and commissions also comment. That was a struggle. I mean, that's um, trying to put a commitment that are, that's supposed to basically infuse all the workings of a committee, uh, all the workings of a city um, into one board or commission. Um, we didn't see a way to do that. Um, so actually that's, that's a great comment. Um, why those particular ones, probably because they already had existing boards and commissions um, sort of tracking on that particular issue. Um, but really what we want to have happen is each of those commitments must be a part of every single advisory committee. And I think you'll see that. Um, so take the sustainability advisory board for one um, that has been brought into a, a, a one of the sort of into the new structure as part of one of the new advisory committees. Um, so the hope is that is something though that won't be limited to that particular advisory board, but will be a part of every single one. But it is hard to visualize uh, those commitments as a standalone, a standalone advisory group, they, because it should be each and every single one of those commitments should be a part of everything that the city does. Would anybody else care to comment on that? Maybe a little bit more eloquently than I just did. <laughs> This is Daniel Smith. I will say that um, for equity and inclusion, I feel like I feel like that commitment area was seen as so something that is is really needed. And so having having a, a, a group um, focusing on equity and inclusion would help to push that forward. It would it would be sort of a, an, an additional um, just check to make sure make sure because it is true that each and every board and committee should have equity and inclusion at the core of what it's doing. Um, and so I think there was some concern that we're not there we're not at that point yet. Um, and so I think that that was um, part of the, the impetus there. And then, and then as far as uh, sound fiscal stewardship, I think that is a reaction to um, the desire in the community for, for community members to have oversight of how the city is spending some, some of these funds. Um, I think that sound fiscal stewardship is definitely, you know, again, a commitment that should um, come up in everything the city does. But I, a lot of the um, the boards that exist in that space currently um, were created as a reaction to specific community input saying, hey, it's great the city's going to utilize these funds for this purpose, but we, we want to have a check in there to make sure there's folks who, who don't work for the city, folks who represent the population who have um, the ability to to see what's going on and double check on that. So I think that so I think the two different commitment area 
or it's come out of those two different sort of two different origins um where uh and and the sound of fiscal stewardship is, is the one where it's you know it seems like throughout the history of the city of lawrence folks have expressed uh a, a, an interest in having um community member involvement when it comes to ensuring that, that funds are are being used in the way that that is intended um and you know both chris and i are in the special alcohol fund advisory board and that's definitely how we, we see our role there Thank you, Daniel. Um, other members of the committee wish to share their thoughts on that? Uh, this is Chris Cohart. I, I would tend to agree. I think the, the concern was just creating too much bureaucracy across, you know, do we need want one, one committee, at least in my mind, one committee checking on another committee to ensure we're doing uh, diversity and, and inclusion where the, the hope or the goal would really be that in every decision that's being made at that committee level, all, all six of the commitments are being considered. So it seemed somewhat, in my mind, duplicative to have a committee to look at those things. Those committees should already be considering those in the decision-making process and policy-making process. Thank you, Chris. Are there other comments? Um, from people attending today. Most people are just here to just listen in, but um, I would really encourage you, invite you to ask a question, any question. It doesn't have to be on the topics just to get a conversation going about this. Maybe um, explaining some of your experiences if you're on a board or interact with a board, um, just have just to let us know how you think that's worked for you, um, and any improvements. So, is it all right yeah. if I just can kind of continue? If I, yeah. and I'll, I'll pause. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's very good. Go ahead. So, something you guys haven't done it yet because you were talking about the, there's later engagement. And that's the specific specifics of what each board's gonna really do. And you know, we have the idea that these boards are gonna go in and obviously they're gonna have the responsibilities that come with that. But I think to something Dr. Nelbandian said at last night's meeting, that it's actually <laughs> I like him. He gets me thinking about in three years when people are coming on that have never seen these boards before this is going to be what it is they're not going to remember the realignment they're not going to remember what the old boards were because that's not part of their working memory at that point in time and when we get to that stage of additional duties I i'm wondering if we can't be creative and dynamic uh when i'm I, I think of the safe and secure. I had a conversation with someone yesterday in the community and we got on topic of policing. And I've done a couple ride-alongs in the community with the local police. And the most common thing I saw on my ride-alongs was the police being called in for like domestic disturbance. Um, a family got in an argument, two neighbors got in an argument, a child was, uh, disrespecting their parent and they would just talk about it 
and why I bring this up, these examples up is maybe this is that opportunity for us to also flesh out some kind of volunteer network within the safe and secure of a community response team that's not the police uh, for those domestic to, to assist in those kinds of issues so that the police can see arrive see that there's no threat like a physical threat to somebody and be like okay we have this team that's part of our, our city government that works with them in training to defuse that situation and help the police now can move on to the next call because uh, those calls they have to sit there and they're, they're they have to deflate the, uh, de-escalate the situation you know that can be a quick 15 minute I've seen it take up to an hour and and each of those situations was valid but it ate that you're talking about opportunity cost you know I get to sit in the vehicle and watch the calls come in on their computer at calls that can't be responded to immediately because the officer is at this particular event um, so I, I'm just wondering if these are things that we can think about going forward uh, again trying to be creative innovative uh, we have a lot of issues in our city these issues cost money let's look at being innovative and uh, solutions I, it's just something i thought about i don't know if you guys have thought about that kind of stuff with the responsibilities duties whatnot going forward i don't know if that's a bit much thank you no thank you i think those are the kinds of opportunities that this restructuring invites um we're able to re as the title of the slide reimagine what these advisory boards can do and how they can interact with each other. We've had conversations about how these boards and commissions can, uh, I, I keep using the word cross pollinate because I'm a botanist. So, but <laughs> to add, sort of think of uh, what your particular, uh, what met as John Nazabeni was talking about earlier, what particular metaphor works for you. Um, this reimagining really is, I mean, so the next step, as I mentioned last night, uh, this is just the first step where we're trying to create an opportunity uh, for new ways to think about how the city runs and new ways for public engagement. And so your suggestion there might very well come under safe and secure. That would be something maybe that advisory board would address. Uh, there are potential other options. Um, John Nalbandian speaks very eloquently about the merging of cultural arts and parks and rec, new opportunities. We don't really know um, what sorts of issues the city commission will want to address and how these advisory boards are going to be able to help them um, under the new structure. There's all kinds of possibilities for that. And so that would be a great suggestion. So in terms of steps, so we've got this first step here where we're trying to create opportunities for, for new ways to advise the city, new ways of public engagement. The next step is going to be, well, how is that going to work? What else can we put on under these topics? What sorts of things haven't we thought about? Uh, what how, and another big step is how these advisory boards will interact with each other. Are there opportunities for that? And, and we, we're just at the beginning now. So that is the next step. So, and of course, we'll invite, continue to invite um, public input into that. And of course, existing boards and staff liaisons into that and how, how that can, how we can go forward with that. Other, com other um, members of the commission who wish to jump in on that topic.
I don't have anything specific to say, but I definitely would point out that, you know, throughout the process, I think the safe and secure uh, commitment area is, is one where we we had a lot harder time finding um, community boards to, to sort of put, put under that umbrella area. And I think that speaks to the opportunity um, to, to be innovative and really expand the scope of, of what that um, that board will be, um, and I think, I think increased community engagement and increased community leadership there um, definitely sounds like a good idea to me. This is Chris Carr. Dan and I were on a in a board retreat on Tuesday, and one of the things that we we were coming across is the ordinance in which it was written was very specific of the usage of that thing, and what it what I think a lot of our impression was it kind of a it, the more specificity to it, the harder it was for dynamic thought related to what that board's role was, because it was very well defined of, here's the three things that you're responsible for. So I agree that some of that dynamic nature of it is allowing that board to evolve naturally with the changing of whatever this, whatever's happening in the community at that point in time in its life. And it's still ultimately responsible for safe and secure but it could be a lot of things and it could be something very different three years from now and five years from now. So giving that some room to breathe and grow in its own, I think is, is something that I've been thinking a lot about um, as it relates to our next step of this process of being specific, but not handcuffing those boards to, to a certain set of criteria that limits their ability to be dynamic. Um, I'd like to weigh in here too. This is John Nalbandian. Um, this, uh, the safe and secure discussion, it really does uh, stimulate in my mind the idea of the boundaries that we now have uh, for looking, looking at these initiatives. So for example, and I think, I think we need to challenge ourselves. So for example, does a self and secure, um, does an outcome, does that include the Willow uh, Domestic Violence Center? Does safe and secure include Independence Inc? Um, we, I think the, the future is one of partnerships, um, connections between groups that previously had operated fairly independently. And what we're trying to do as we look at the existing boards and, um, and commissions is we're trying to envision that future um, as we, as we make, our, make our recommendations. One other thing that might not be so uh, that might not be obvious at this point is one of the parts of our discussion has been the types of boards and commissions, and we've kind of divided things up. And thank you, Hannah, for the prompt there um, between operational boards and advisory boards. So um, Chris Cohart just mentioned the the sort of technical. Uh, boards and commissions that have a very prescribed 
duty and they have to take into, these are the only things that they're considering. So what we hope to have is these advisory boards be a lot more flexible, a lot more to, to use John Nalbandian's permeable, he was talking about permeable, no barriers, so perme or permeable boundaries um, between these advisory boards to get some really creative juices going. But there are some boards that may need to be very specific about the types of things that they're making decisions on. And those um, we consider what are called operational boards. And these are boards that the city can put together that are full of people with the technical expertise necessary um, to advise the city. Um, so the advisory boards are, are sort of the type of things that are free to uh, be more creative and partner and cooperate. Any other comments from our attendees? I, I'm, I'm kind of going through the questions on the agenda. And so I just have, I wanted to go to question four. Uh, I have one thing, if we were to implement this today, how would you choose members? Um, would you just choose from existing board members or would there be some push to also integrate new eyes? I mean, because if you're all, they're all, some of them will already be new eyes because they're different boards being brought together. But is there any consideration to doing outside of that, right? Some new fresh blood altogether, if we were to do it like a Cisco support right now today? Well, we certainly don't have right now a timeline for that, for that transition. But um, as part of the policies and procedures, there will definitely be an emphasis on casting a wider net so that we get people on these boards that may not have had the opportunity before, um, that may be currently underrepresented. But yes, there will be um, a, a process to find and locate uh, people who um, have, not, have not been represented yet. So yes, there will be that element. Now, what the timeline is, I don't know what the process is of that. We've talked a little bit about the process. Um, the piece that I can recall at the moment, um, you know, right now, uh, there was a conversation last night uh, about how the process of getting on these advisory boards is a bit opaque. And that process needs to be improved, needs to be a little more transparent. Um, the city improving and like I said, casting this wider net. But also one of the things that um, in discussing community engagement with Hannah, our community engagement champion, is opening up opportunities for people to find out about advisory boards, potentially volunteer for advisory boards throughout all our city community meetings. It could have been, it could be a community meeting um, about traffic safety in a neighborhood, but there's an opportunity on those smaller community meetings to engage with people, talk to them about advisory boards, tell them what the advisory boards are doing and how they can become involved. Um, other members of the board wish to comment on that? I will just say this, Daniel Smith. I'll just say that um, I feel like in a lot of the conversations we have, the the entire community engagement thing obviously 
Hannah's here and, and community engagement is, is her job, but um, and it's a big part of um, a lot of positions I've had in the past too. And I think as far as the non-recommendation things that we've talked about, to me, the, the level of engagement and um, recruitment and information and all of that stuff is to me the biggest thing. If, if I could choose one thing that the city would really nail going forward, it would be making sure that everybody in the community is aware of the volunteer leadership opportunities that exist. They are given a good impression of, of how they can get into those positions, what those positions in, entail. And then that information is really intentionally distributed um, to, to the folks in the community who haven't, you know, traditionally been hearing it. Um, I, I think that uh, to me, if nothing else changed and the city really overall overhauled how it was putting the information out there and recruiting folks that I think would would have a, a pretty pretty great impact on on how effective a lot of these boards and committees are of reflecting the population. Um, and so I, I definitely think that um, if if this was all implemented today, um, I think that I think that there there would be a lot of work to be done. And I think that looking at boards and committees as a volunteer opportunity and then looking at any other volunteer opportunity um, and how those are are doing recruitment information um, I think is to me really makes me uh, notice the some of the differences you know I used to volunteer with big brothers big sisters and I got involved with that I mean largely because I I knew about the program it's pretty well known and it's you know culturally I feel like people it, 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 you know know what being a big brother or a big sister is. There's just a, a pretty heightened aware, awareness of that. But then I was also walking through South Park to buy horchata at a, a stand and there was someone at a table who yelled at me and, and called me over and you know really you know did did the convincing that was necessary in order for me to, to sign up and do it. And I think that we could be closer to that level of recruitment, uh, active recruitment, active uh, information and stuff. So uh hopefully that touches upon kind of some of the questions that you're bringing up as far as you know how are we going to make sure that everybody on the boards and committees doesn't look like uh look like me like nerdy white guy um and make sure that that um everybody in the community is 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 aware so i think hopefully that touches on some of that um and i think that i i personally hope that the proposal that we end up landing on um will be a little bit more specific about some of those um, process recommendations. I think we could we could spell it out a little bit more in the document that we actually hand over to the city commission. I can jump in and just add to the conversation here because um, this was a committee conversation that happened a few meetings back. Um, we talked about um, to Daniel's point. Yeah, we could we can make the process better to get on an advisory board. That's for sure. Make it easier. Uh, make it more clear, do more active recruitment, all of that. But maybe there's still something in about an advisory board that doesn't speak to everyone in our community. And perhaps with operational boards, there's a real opportunity there to be a bit more flexible, to be a bit more creative, to be to meet people more where they're at, rather than putting them into sort of a pretty rigid box of advisory boards with operational boards, you know, um, because they won't be, they might not be subject to coma and Cora, you know, they can be more easily appointed uh, by the city manager. Um, they'll still have policies and processes and procedures, but it just seems like, and I don't have any firm answers yet, but it just seems like there might be some flexibility and creativity there that could allow us to make progress on our equity and inclusion issues. 
So that's the conversation I'm excited to keep having and I hope the committee keeps having. And when this comes over to transition implementation, ask staff members, excited to think about the opportunities there. This is Chris Cohart. I think specifically to, to Dustin, in my mind, I think that has to be a, an and both that I think there has to be some carryover of existing board members for so we don't lose institutional knowledge as, as we make a transition. But I do think there has to be a deliberate consideration of how do we how do we diversify these boards beyond just who's been on the boards in the past. So I think ultimately at least I view going forward is probably an end both like maintaining some continuity and also in bringing in new blood that does have more diversity um, than, than the existing boards as we currently have. I also uh, think that um, under the new structure, I think because the the possibilities of the types of issues covered by the advisory boards um, might spark more interest in the population. I mean, I think um, the new structure will hopefully allow people, well, it's, it's hard to know what the advisory boards are doing right now. I mean, it's just not out there what we, what we do. Um, but if, if the advisory boards are really tackling new issues, um, they're out in front of the community, um, they're engaging with the city commission, engaging with each other, I think the topics that are covered and the way that they're covered are going to possibly excite more people to be involved. I mean, that's part of it. People have to want to also be involved and see that these advisory boards, one, really make an impact and they're discussing interesting topics. And I think this new restructuring will help with that. I'd like to invite our other two attendees to, to chime in with anything, any question at all, or just thought. Um, yes, Jill. Um, I don't really have any specific questions, but um, I do think it's important probably to include people that are currently on some of these boards for the institutional knowledge uh, that Chris was speaking to. But also, um, I'm glad that you're looking at throwing a wider net to bring in other, other individuals. I can tell you that when I've looked at these boards in the past um, or these commissions and I see all the vacancies, I often think, huh, I wonder why no one wants to be part of this board. So I'm just going to be honest, you know, there's been a lot of vacancies and a lot of open positions for a long time. So it doesn't surprise me that um, you're looking to combine these and condense these down so that they work more effectively. And just finding people, I mean, because I often am looking for board members for my own board, I know how difficult it is to recruit people. And with this many boards, I have to believe that's a nightmare. Um, just because even with my own board, it becomes difficult to recruit qualified individuals um, that meet the criteria that I need for my board comp composition. Um, so it would make sense to me that you'd want to streamline some of these processes. Thank you, Jill. And yes, that is very much a concern and part of the, the reason for this restructuring. It is hard to recruit. And as we've just been talking about, it's part of not 
having so many boards that people really aren't sure what they're doing, the process to get involved is not straightforward, um, it's not widely known. So all of that, all that we've been discussing, we're hoping will improve that situation. And I think being very clear about time commitments that people would need for each of these boards um, is really important because I know people are feeling overwhelmed and um, because they are bombarded with so much information. We talk about that. We talk about this at our office a lot. Um, you used to be fed information from TV and radio, and that was the only way or the newspaper that you had you could extract that information. And, and now what has happened is you're bombarded with so much information every day um, through social media and, and think your email, everything that you could possibly imagine. You've learned to tune things out. Um, so that just makes it that much harder for people to find you and want to engage with you because they tune everything out that they don't specifically need right at that moment. Hi, Jill. Thank Thanks you very me. much, Jill. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying hi to Jill. I know Jill. <laughs> I, used, I used to be able to, she used to let me do her audit before I merged in with SSC now. now we, we miss get, you. Yeah. <laughs> Other comments? Dustin, do you have any more questions or comments? I, I guess I wanted to finish on one thing. I, I wasn't speaking about not keeping that institutional knowledge. I absolutely want that. Um, but at the same time, I come from a military background where we're constantly training the next set, the next set of leadership. You're constantly training them so that when the next guy moves on, leaves, is promoted, we've got our next leader to step up. And so I hope we really, I, I know we're, we're trying to do that and you can't train everyone all at once because we got, like Jill said, we got a qualified, um, interested individuals uh, who want to do everything that will come under this board, the structure. So I'm excited for it. I, I'm looking forward to, I love change. I love when things change. I'm excited for this kind of stuff. I hope we get to see what we can do with it. And yeah, it's going to be scary for people, but I think if we just constantly communicate with them, what's going on, how all the steps that have been a part of this, yeah, I think it'll assuage people's fears. And actually, like you said, uh, Sharon, bring more people to the table. They'll be like, oh, I, I, actually, I think I can handle this and start stepping up. So that's all I have to say. Thank you. I agree, Dustin. I feel like this is homecoming for me. I've got Chris, my old auditor, and Dustin, who's one of my former board members on this call. So this is a good day for me. Well, thank you. Thank you both um, for your comments and feedback. Um, I guess if there, if there are no other questions or comments or thoughts, Regarding this, we could just sort of move on. Oh, Daniel. Uh, last thing I was, I was going to say, you know, commenting on familiar faces and that, you know, seeing people that you've interacted with before. I feel like, you know, throughout this process and throughout my time serving on boards and committees, I feel like I often have that sort of small town familiar face feel. And I feel like while that's often, often is, is nice to see people that, that, you know, after a while, it's definitely a bit. I think symptomatic of, of the the small pool that that's being drawn from. So I think I think it'll be a, a real real uh, demonstration of our success if um, years down the road 
people, the, the town starts to feel a little bit less small. That, that's, that's all I was going to add. As much as I like seeing Chris all the time. And, and honestly, uh, Dr. John, I, I feel like I see you every other day, so. Great, well, thank you. Um, Hannah, uh, where would you like to go from here? Um, I think we can move towards wrapping up and talking about next steps. Millie, do you wanna throw back up the slideshow for us? Um, there's the final slide, slide 12 is our next step slide, there it is, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, Sharon, we had the in-person engagement session last night, like you were discussing, we had today's virtual session. Uh, and then the committee will meet again on June 22nd to discuss uh, what they heard in these sessions and also to talk about, um, start talking about what a transition plan will look like, which will be a very exciting conversation. Um, they are going to meet on June 22nd, and then the idea is that they'll meet again in July, actually, to probably continue the conversation about the transition plan. So we don't expect them to be able to do all of that in one evening. Um, but yeah, the recommendations will continue to be refined based on what we've heard in this session in last night's session and in the 60 plus uh, responses that we got to the questionnaire as well. So lots of good feedback that we really, really, truly do appreciate and that really will help make these recommendations the best they can be. Um, I'll go ahead and drop one more link in the chat before we sign off, which is to the boards and commissions realignment, what we call a community engagement portal. Um, so this is where you can go, you can bookmark it, whatever else, uh, to find out what's going on and what's the latest with the project. So the recording to this uh, engagement session will be put up there and as new things become available uh, for the community to review or provide feedback on or updates, they'll be put into this web page. So that's a good one to keep bookmarked if you want to stay up to date on what's happening with this process. But uh, yeah, that's all I have on next steps. Is there anything you wanted to touch on, Sharon? Oh, just that that June 22nd, um, the meetings are public. Um, so if you want to listen in on the June 22nd, um, that will be open to the public um, as will all our meetings. Um, and so there's always opportunity to submit, question, uh, submit comments. We've got a lot of comments, a lot of great comments coming in on the questionnaire. Um, and of course, um, this recommendation will be made to the city commission and there will be opportunities. Um, to comment there as well before we move on to the next step where there'll be another whole host of opportunities to, to become involved. Uh, so thank you very much for participating today. Um, this meeting is recorded. Um, so um, if you have people who you know, you know people who weren't able to quite make this hour, please send that on. Um, let them know that this is recorded if they want more information on, on what's happening with the board and commission structure restructuring process. And thank you again.